listening to Give God 90, where we're not afraid of the tough biblical questions, because we will dig through the language, the culture, and the history to find the truth revealed in the words of our Creator. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, I will warn you, I am unsupervised, okay? So, Myra's still away, and uh, I get to talk about whatever I want to talk about. <laughs> but not really because I, uh, I still, uh, I, I will promise to speak, uh, as close to the Bible as, as humanly possible. Um, there's a lot of things going on and I'm not going to get into a lot of, of detail here today, but, um, the other day when, when I was talking about what is sin, it raised a couple of questions, apparently, and uh, they're questions that I have dealt with before, but not as in detail as I'm going to today. <clears throat> so when we get into that, you know, just just beware that you're going to hear some semi-technical stuff. All right. Um, if you haven't been to the website lately. It's okay. I haven't updated it lately, but I'm going to have to. Uh, there's some things coming up that we're going to put on there and uh, you need to know about and make sure that you take care of. The uh, books are still available. Make sure, you know, you get your, your copies. You know, buy two, give one away, all that good stuff. You know, I got to be the salesman there for a minute. Uh, <laughs> if you like what you hear, don't be afraid of the share buttons. You know, seriously. If you like what you hear, chances are your friends and your family will enjoy it, and your enemies probably really need to hear it. Okay, just saying. <clears throat> I'm often asked, "Where do you worship?" And what people are really asking is, "Where do I attend a service?" You know, and that's a fair question. It's an honest question. Well, the modern idea of worship is very far removed from the idea of worship in the Bible. You know, let's, let's be honest. Let's be honest. It doesn't matter uh, wh where you go, what you do. <clears throat> what we do today is far different than what was in the Bible. Today, a lot of people think of worship as, well, you're going to get lost in this praise music, and I'm worshiping. I hear a wonderful message, and I'm worshiping, Right? You know, some have been taught, and there's some denominations that, that teach this, if you lift your hands at the right time, okay, or if you shout amen at the right time, or, you know, when some pastors, you know, they'll say, repeat after me, and they'll give you a phrase, and you repeat it back. You know, they honestly believe that they have been trained to think that's worship. And you're going to find out that's not quite what it is. There are some modern Jewish believers that think that some type of sacrifice is necessary for worship. Not always an animal sacrifice, okay? It, it can be fasting. It can be doing without something of comfort. That type of sacrifice. But they think that is a form of worship. But none of these things really have anything to do with the biblical concept of worship. Did you realize that? 
You know, these things are more connected with praise. Um, some are actually connected more with making yourself feel good. More on that in a little bit, if I remember. <clears throat> you know, some of these things, you know, raising your hands, saying amen, doing without, they're they're really giving the creator his honor and his glory but is it worship well let's find out the most common word for hebrew, uh common word for worship in hebrew i should say uh is the word shaka and if you're keeping track it's strong's number 7812 and it means to bow down that makes sense, right? You see, when we bow down, we are submitting to the authority of another. Now, that can be another person. It can be another spirit. It can be another God with a little g, right? And we often do this without recognizing what we're doing. You know, because it's... it's in some cultures, custom, right? <clears throat> they don't realize where it comes from. <laughs> now, that the custom of bowing actually comes from this idea, right? Now, if you attend a theater show, well, at least several years ago, I haven't been to the theater in well over 40 years. After the show was over, the cast would come out, you know, and they would line up and, and the audience would applaud. And, you know, the cast members would bow to the audience. You know, the audience was, was applauding their performance. And the cast was bowing to the audience. Now, what they were actually doing was submitting to the accolades that they were receiving uh, to show their appreciation that you, know, you stayed through the whole thing, right? <clears throat> if you watch many old movies... And I know a lot of people do. Many years ago, you might see a, a gentleman bow to a lady. Right? He was submitting to her authority. Now, often in the old movies, you know, a gentleman would, would walk up, and it would be during a social event like a dance, and he would bow and ask for a dance. He's submitting to the authority of her answer. You didn't realize what bowing was, did you? When I first re recognized this, I thought, this is something completely amazing. It, it goes to something that we do off and on. You know, it's, it's not done as often now as it used to be. But off and on, it's done. And this is where it originates. The act of bowing down, the act of submission, you're submitting to another's authority, whether it's an answer from a young lady or whether it is submitting to something you might not want to submit to. Okay? Just saying. There is another word that's used not as often in Hebrew. Uh, it actually means more to work or to serve 
but it also means a form of worship. Uh, and that word is abad, which, you know, again, if you're keeping score, it's Strong's number 5647. And we see the first word, this first used in Genesis 2.15. That's kind of strange, right? Because Genesis 2.15 reads, Then the Lord God took the man and placed him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. I didn't hear the word serve. I didn't hear the word work. I didn't hear the word worship in that. Well, the word cultivate or tend is used in the King James. It's sometimes used to describe a form of worship. Now, because Adam would be doing the service of the Creator, it was a type of worship because he was serving God. Now, I need to be careful here. So, whatever you do, don't take this to mean that you can work on the Sabbath and call it worship. Let me say that again. This doesn't mean you can work on the Sabbath and call it worship. It doesn't work that way. It, it, no, just don't do it. I can't stress it enough. Can't stress it enough. What I am saying is that when we are being obedient to the Creator, we are in a position of worship. We are submitting to His authority. But remember that the Sabbath is dedicated for rest, Unless, of course, you are providing comfort or assistance. You know, there's no law against doing good for someone else as long as you're not receiving any benefit for it. <clears throat> now, in uh, Genesis 18.2, this is, this is kind of interesting. We read, And he lift up his eyes and looked, and three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door, and bowed himself toward the ground. Hmm. Now, this is where the first uh, word, the uh, Shekah, comes in. Of course, Abraham sees the men. He goes out. Some translations say that he bowed. Some English translations say that he worshipped. But when Abraham bowed down, He was submitting to the authority of his visitors. He was showing them he was worthy of their visit to him. Saying, you know, I'm glad you're here. Let you know, what can I do for you? And of course, we know the rest of the story, right? And then, of course, uh, in Genesis 22, 5, uh, they're going, Abraham's taking Isaac up and he tells his servants, you stay here with the, with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there to worship and then we will return to you. Now here is a place where so many people, so many people think that Abraham would begin the sacrificing of Isaac, that some type of sacrifice is necessary for worship. And, and what Abraham is actually saying is you you stay here we're going to do as i am instructed i'm following i'm being obedient following the instructions i received from god here's where i'm going and what i'm going to be doing you just stay here and wait for us now some translations connect uh verse five and six with an and and there's no and in the original okay it's two 
different narrations. Okay? Verses 5 and 6 of Genesis 22 are not connected. They're separate narrations. Need to, need to understand that because that's important. <clears throat> when you go read it, and I know a lot of you will, just be aware that in the original, those two verses stand alone. They are not connected. Throughout the Bible, all throughout the Bible, we read about the various ways different people would worship. In First Samuel 7, 6, <clears throat> uh, when they... Uh, had gathered at Mizpah and drew water and poured it out before the Lord. On that day they fasted and they confessed. We have sinned against the Lord, and Samuel judged the Israelites at Mizpah. Now this isn't an actual worship service. Although, because they were being obedient to repent, it is a form of worship. The pouring out of water actually represents the most basic physical element of worship because it's believed that water was the first thing created on earth. Water separates heaven from earth, right? I did a video. If, if you go to the website, there's a link to a, the video there I did about water. You'll see uh, how all that fits together. The water is a physical representation, something that they could see and feel, hear as it's being poured out. They drew it out of the ground and then gave it back because, well, the Creator owns everything, right? They, they took it out. They're giving it back, something they, they can see and, and, and interact with. Now, some people might think this is a drink offering, but it, it's not. <clears throat> those are different. Those are very different, and, and they were only done in certain places. The, the men with Samuel used water in the way that some congregations, some fellowships, some synagogues use other things uh, in their services today. And I'm not going to I'm not going to get into what's being used because I don't want to give anybody any ideas, right? But just be aware that, that this was something they did because it was the most basic thing. Remember, they're told no graven images. Well, it's kind of hard to engrave water, right? I mean, if it's cold enough, you can carve something out of it, but. You, you pour water out, you drink, you know, you draw water out of a well, you pour it out. You, you can't carve a graven image in that. Let's just be honest, right? <clears throat> now I'm going to say something that's going to upset some Christians. <laughs> uh, hold on to your seats, folks. Especially if you're from a, a couple of denominations that I am very familiar with. Oh, this is going to upset you. Yeshua, Jesus, in John chapter 4, is speaking to the Samaritan woman, and he says this in verse 23. Are you ready? But a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such as these to worship him. Now, as much as I as much as I don't like to use the Gospel of John because it is one of the most corrupted letters in the Bible, 
or in the, I should say, New Testament. Here is one thing I think will stand the test when the Hebrew manuscripts are translated, okay? Yeshua, Jesus, tells the woman to worship the Father, worship Yehovah, bow to him only because that is who he's looking for. That's who the Almighty is looking for, are the people who are only willing to worship him, his way. Our Creator wants the people who are faithful to him, obedient to him, and although it's perfectly acceptable to submit yourself to the authority of someone in the way of showing respect, okay, <clears throat> you know, bowing to a lady at a dance, bowing to someone you meet like Abraham did, it is not acceptable to let your soul bow to evil. Can I say that again? It is not accepted to let your soul bow to evil. Doesn't matter if it's idols, doesn't matter if it's an unholy spirit, it doesn't matter. Do not do that. Now, it, it may be easier to disappoint some people and say that worship is not raising your hands in the air, although it's an outward sign of worship in some instances. Worship is not getting lost in some melodious praise song. Worship is submitting completely to your Creator. Not just telling Him you love Him and want to please Him, but showing Him through your actions, through your obedience to His instructions. You know, that, that you're not going to allow your soul to succumb to evil, but you're going to learn to control it and master your evil thoughts and feelings. You want to worship? kick the evil out of your life. You want to worship? Kick the unholy spirits out of your body. It's that important. It's that direct. I did a uh, <clears throat> a podcast not too long ago um, titled Worship Often because worship is not something we do once or twice a week. It's something we should be doing every day. Right, And because of the questions I've been getting, I figured it was relevant enough that I needed to address this and probably in a little more detail than I did at that time. So this is what you get. (laughs) All right. Honest and real worship for the Creator is actually serving Him with the skills that He gives to you. And He gives you those skills to benefit the people around you. And, and you use those skills to benefit the people around you, giving the glory and the honor to the Almighty for you know, letting you do that. You know, it, you don't do the least you can do. That doesn't make any difference. It's doing the best that you can do. It doesn't matter what situation you're in. You remember Daniel? You know, giving his best to, what, four different kings in Babylon? You know, yes, he submitted to the earthly authority over him. But his real servitude was to his creator. And and so much so, he was willing to go to the lion's den for doing nothing more than having a conversation with Jehovah. You know, that's what it was. That's what that was all about. 
But Daniel was given the skills, and he used those skills. He became very wealthy at the same time. You know, he was doing all right in Babylon, right? Let's let's be honest. But the reason he was is because he was doing the best he could do. He wasn't just getting by. He wasn't just, um, you know, I really don't like these Babylonians, so I'm going to do everything I can to tear them down. That's not what he was there for. That was not his skill. His skill was in being the best governor he could be for four different kings. He did all right by himself. You know, he did pretty good. He didn't do the least he could do. He did the best he could do. He did the most he could do. And, you know, Yeshua didn't do the least he could do. Jesus didn't do the least. He didn't come. He came to save the least. He didn't come to do the least. He did the best he could do. He did the best he could do to teach us how to live the way we're designed to live. You know, a lot of denominations will teach that Jesus came to die on the cross. Peter says Jesus came to be our example. And if he's our example, you know, we should probably be looking at that example and following that example. Now, he was killed, right? What was he killed for? He was killed for teaching that the man-made rules didn't matter near as much as the word of the Father who is looking for people to worship him. And, you know, he even tells the woman at the well, worship the Father because that's who he's looking for, right? Worship the Father because that is what's important. That's who you're looking for. That's who you're after. The... the <laughs> The man-made rules, you know, you, oh, you gotta, you know, you gotta close your eyes for this song. You gotta raise your hands for that song. You've got to stand for this. You've got to sit for that. You've got to do this for that. Doesn't matter. Obedience to the Father is what matters. Recognizing, hearing His voice, and doing the things He asks you to do, that's what matters. You don't do the least you can do. You do the best you can do. So, my question, (laughs) now that you know, now that you know, how will you worship? Just, you know, take a moment and think. Am I just going and, you know, going through the motions, doing what, Everybody says I should be doing? Or am I going to hear the Father's voice? Am I going to do the things He's asking me to do? I don't know what He's, I know what's in the scriptures that He's asking you to do, but sometimes He asks us to do things you know, special. He asks us to go visit someone, go read to someone who's maybe in the hospital, go, you know, whatever it may be. Say certain words to to someone. 
You know, I, I don't think he's going to ask you to go stand in the middle of the street and shout hallelujah. You know, that's just dangerous. But what he's asking you is to hear his voice, to listen for him, to search for him, to seek him. That's what he's looking for. How you do that, how you do that, is between you and him, and it's something you have to work out in fear and trembling every day. I hope that answers the questions that uh, I've been getting. Uh, It might raise others, and that's okay. Don't be afraid to let me know. We're all over social media, uh, and you can always contact us through the website. So, until Thursday, we wish you many, many blessings, everyone. Oh, 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 oh,